And so in this series of messages, um, we've really been focusing on teamwork. And uh, I want to begin this message by asking a question. How many of you guys uh, like puzzles? I mean, like, like the big ones, like the 500-piece puzzles. And the, see, I, I've never been one of those people. Um, I actually, I like the puzzles that it's like six pieces, and they're really, really big, and you can kind of easily put the puzzle together. And on occasion, my wife uh, and some of the kids, they will go out and they will buy this puzzle, and it's like 500, 600 pieces, 1,000 pieces. And I look at that, and I'm like, wow, I, that's just too much for me. But the interesting thing, when you, when you look at a puzzle, when you see a puzzle, you see on the face, normally on the face of that box, you will see an image. Amen? And that image on the box kind of tells you uh, what this whole thing is supposed to look like. And in order for that image to materialize, how many know you need every piece in its place? And if you're really, really, uh, if you're really, really uh, uh, serious about uh, putting together puzzles, one of the things that you, that you see is that if there's one piece in that puzzle that's missing, and, and I've seen it where I've seen people put, you know, let's say it's a 500-piece puzzle, and the 499th piece, if that one piece is not in there, how do you know you can look at that puzzle and you can look at it and it's like a piece is missing? You know right away, and it's like, and I've seen my family, I've seen my family move heaven and earth to try to find that one piece of puzzle to make it fit. How do you know that God, as a people, God has given us a vision. He's given us a picture of what we're supposed to look like. But in order for us to achieve that vision, in order for us to understand uh, uh, who we are, every piece must come together. Without every piece doing their part, the puzzle, it just won't work. How many know what I'm talking about? That, in, in too many of God's, in, in too many of the uh, of bodies of the people of God, there are holes where, where people who are gifted, where people who have been called and people who have certain gifts who are not fulfilling their responsibility as it relates to a child of God. How many of you know that God has called you for greatness? If you don't know that, you would know it by the end of this message. God has called you for greatness. And every last one of you are gifted. You are gifted. You are wired the way you're wired because God had a purpose in mind. God never does anything with just a cavalier attitude. Everything God does, he does with purpose. And you, I don't care what family you came out of. I don't care what your background was. It does not matter. What you must understand is that God, God destined for you to be here. I know your parents might have said you was an accident, but I'm here to tell you, you were not an accident. Amen. God put you here on this planet, and God has called you to greatness in who you are. I said before, you hear me say it all the time, that we're made originals, but most people spend their lives trying to be copies. And you will never be happy trying to be like somebody else. Do you hear me? You will never be happy trying to do it like this brother or this sister or trying to, how many know that you are wired a particular way because you're unique? There's only one you on the entire planet. There's only one. Even if a person has a gift that is similar to yours, how many know you still exercise that gift very differently? You still have your own personality. You still have your own way of doing things because you are special. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm special. You must realize that you are special. And so one of the things we must understand that as it relates to to ministry. Now, I want to do this in a couple of ways, and y'all have to help me, because when we talk about your spiritual gift, we talk about your gift, most of you will think, and rightly so to some extent, that we're just talking about you using your gifts within the church. But how many know that you are wired? We, we did a series last week. We did a message last week where he said that every member is a minister. So we, we shifted the way you think about church because most people think that I'm here to sit in the pews and to watch. No, you are here to get equipped so that you can do ministry wherever God lands you. Wherever God plants you, you're a minister. And we said last week, and some of you look like, oh, gosh, what happened? I, I called you in a full-time ministry. I said, you're a full-time ministry. Some of your eyes got big. Like, I never really thought of it that way because the way we do church is not right. Yeah. 
the way that we think of church is not white, right? And so, and so every one of us have a particular role. And your gift is not relegated to just the four walls in this church. You, listen to me, God is with you always. Amen? And God has wired you. Now, you first learned to, uh, to understand your gift within the church. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 that we are to minister our gifts to one another. And so one of the things that happen is when we come to church, we begin to process and understand that, that, that God, that our giftedness belongs to God. That when we don't appropriate, appropriate our gift toward God, that's when we get lost. That's when we end up getting in trouble. That's when we end up getting frustrated because we don't really understand who we are or, or why it is that I'm wired the way that I'm wired. And so everybody need to understand. You, you must understand that, yes, here is where you understand who am I? You begin to grow. You begin to learn. You begin to process. Okay, God made me for this. Now I can go out there with my giftedness and I can serve according to how God wired me. Now, let me take it a step further. They did a study, uh, some, uh, and this was recent, I heard on the, I heard on the news, and they did this study, and they took, they took a group, 20 people, they divided them into categories, say, okay, we're going to take 10 people, these are people that get out of college, these are people that seek the almighty dollar. In other words, they seek their employment, they seek their status based on how much money they can make. How many know there have been college students who go to school to learn one thing, but then they do something totally different? How many know what I'm talking about? Some of you may have done that. And then they did it on the other side. They, 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 watch this. They took a look at 10 people who pursued their dreams. Watch this. Their passions and, and, and what they really wanted to do. And here's what they discovered. After 10 years, the folks, watch this, that pursued their dreams and that went into life and they, and they pursued what they felt called to do, what they were gifted to do, what their passion was, they not only was more happy than the other group who just sought after the dollar, but they made more money. Why? Because they figure out what they're supposed to do. How many people, I know a lot of people who are right now doing jobs right now, and they hate it. They, they, they also heard this on the news just recently. It's that most of the people in America are working jobs they hate. They don't like what they're doing. Because, watch this, because we think that happiness is about just getting a dollar, how much money I make, and it's not. How many know we're talking purpose? Find me a person that discovered what they are gifted to do. Find me a person that understands why they're called. Find me a, per a person that understands how God wired them and, and, and understand their passion and they're working in that thing. And let me tell you, they are happy. Amen. They are excited. Even if they're not making a lot of money, they love it because, because they, they understand why God put me here. And what is the problem with most people in our world today is they don't know why they're here. They don't know. And so people just flounder around and they go around and they just try and they're thinking that somehow I could just find it by doing this, but never really understanding that God must be in the mix. Do you understand me? Because God designed every person on this planet and God has wired you a certain way. And he has gifted you. And, and let me tell you something. When the people of Foundation Church, when you become, when you begin to understand who it is that God made you to, get, to be, your, your, your passions, your desires, your giftedness, let me tell you something. You will, this church will soar. Amen. See, as a coach, how I many know we were talking about teamwork? As a coach, the job of a coach is to get you on the field operating in your gift. How many know we used the analogy last week? It is not right that you have a 450-pound lineman talking about he want to be a wide receiver. It ain't going to work. Right? It ain't going to because he's too big. He's too much weight. And sometimes, sometimes we... <laughs> And sometimes we, we in the church, and not just we in the church, but people in general, they look at what other people are doing and they start to say, well, I, oh man, I, I would like to do that. But I, 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 and we begin to cover things, but never ask the question, wait a minute, am I gifted to do that? How many know that you are detriment to the team when you're operating in something that you're not really gifted to do? I'm going to say that again. You are detrimental to a team when you're out of position. When you don't understand who it is that you are, 
what you're supposed to be doing on the field, when you're not operating according to your design, you become a, a liability. You become a problem. And to the outside world, looking into uh, the, the people of faith, it looks like incompetence. Y'all stay with me. I told you we're going someplace. It looks like incompetence because, because we're, we're, we're not flowing in, in who God made us to be. So you got to first come to grips with the fact that I'm different. And you must say, it's okay. It's okay for me to be different. It's okay I am the way that I am. It's okay. Now, now, now I want to take it a step further. Can we go a little bit deeper? Amen. See, my job as a, as a pastor or coach, whatever you want to call me, is to help to understand how you are to utilize your gift in life. That's what pastors do. Because you're full-time ministers, right? You, every place you go, we talked last week about if whatever your field is, God has disguised you in that field, but actually you are a minister if you're a Christian, full-time minister. So my job as a, as a pastor, as a coach, is to come alongside of you, help discover who you are, what you are, what your gift is, and then help you to exercise that gift so then you can get on the field of life and do your thing. So now watch. So if... if, if so if, if, your, if your thing is, well, I want to be the quarterback because I think the quarterback, look, he gets all the attention. How many know you don't want to be the quarterback if you ain't gifted to be no quarterback? Amen. You know, uh, well, I like the running back because the running back, man, I mean, he, he just, I just like the moves. How many know uh, you don't want to be, a, if you don't like to get hit, you don't want to be a running back. My son thought he wanted to be, my son thought, thought he wanted to play football until he got hit. Because he looked at it on TV and it looked good. The boy got hit, the one right sitting right on the front. Got hit, and he'll try to argue the point. But I'm telling you, I saw him get hit, and he was never the same. <laughs> and that's how some of us are in the spirit. We come into places and we're doing stuff that we're not really wired to do because we look at it and say, I want to do that, I want to do that. And then you get hit, and you realize, I'm not supposed to be there. So, so watch this. So as a pastor, I'm not about, it's not, look, I, how many know I would be a bad pastor if I just gave everybody a position that they wanted? Because see, there are some people that are position heavy. You know what I mean? I say position heavy. They look and they see position and they, I want that. No, no, no. Don't seek position. Seek serving using your gift. Seek what you're called, what you're called to do. Seek that. The Bible says a man's gift will make room for him. So you got people, I was talking to one of my pastor's friends down the road, not too far from here. He said, I got people to come up to me and say, I'm called to preach. But they don't come to church every now and then. I'm called to preach, but they don't like to study. My wife would tell you, I had, we was one time when, when my oldest boy, Christian, when we was in a, a church many, many years ago. Gosh, I'm losing time. We was in a church many years ago. And, and, and it was amazing because um, the, the lady that was running the children's ministry, she would come out forcefully say all the time, I hate kids. I don't like working with kids. I don't have no patience. And I dreaded every week to have to put my kids in that nursery or in that children's ministry area. Because I knew that there was a woman who was in there who said, I don't like kids. I don't got no patience. Don't want to. Now, she was gifted in terms of a craft. And she, she was great with her hands. But how many know she was out of place? I believe my sons and my, my two oldest kids have some effects of that today. I, I just, I'm, I'm saying that with all the love I can muster. Be, be, because the, the goal of it is, is don't seek position, seek your gift, seek to understand why you're wired, and then your gift will make room for you. Are you hearing me? Amen. And so, and so you say, well, Pastor, I want a position on the field. If you say, well, Pastor, I love to work with kids. Well, if you love to work with kids, I'm going to watch and see, do you like really working with kids? Well, oh, Pastor, I'm called to preach. I'm going to watch and see if that's if you really called to preach. Oh, oh, pastor, I'm, I'm called to be, uh, to work in computer. I'm, I'm, I love computers. How many know if you love computers, you ought to be able to be competent in computers? We ought to be able to see you do something that show that I'm gifted in this area. Because well, let me tell you, I am not hijacking your gift. I want you to flourish. I want you to figure out why God put you on this planet. And I want you to go for it. But how many know it would be a bad coach to put you on a field in a position that you're not really qualified to do? 
So for watch this. So we need to get rid of this thing. We start watching other people and seeing what they're doing and saying, I want to do that. Let me tell you something. Every minister, um, every member of minister is a, is, a, is a change. It's a shift. And I'm telling you, God is doing this right now in America. He's changing the way we do church. He's changing the way we think about church. And so my job is I'm going to affirm. If you say to me, Pastor, God want me to do this. I'm going to say to you, well, you know what? If you want to do that, if you want to be a greeter, you ought to smile every now and then. Come on. Uh, I, I want to greet, Pastor. What are we going to greet? Who? Who do you want to greet? You walk around most of the time like you're mad at the world. Nobody will come. Tell me how many people will come to the door and say, what's wrong with that person? They might turn around and go back. How many know everybody can't greet? Everybody can't be an usher. Everybody don't like to work with the elderly. Everybody can't work with you. How many, you got to work according to your design. Because if you can figure out your design, baby, let me tell you, the sky's the limit. Let me tell you, see, see, that's what I'm looking for. Don't seek position, seek your gifting. Wherever it is, and, and watch this, and that transcends over into wherever your job is located. How many know that on your job, when God has prepared you here, he's preparing you to minister out there? And, and, and here's the thing. You got to seek as a Christian. You got to don't just pray where I can make the most money. Ask God, say, Lord. Lord, uh, what is it that you want me to do? What am I passionate about? Now, I'm going to show you here in a second. I'm not going to be able to get through all my messages. I can just tell you that right now. I'm not going to be able to do it. But, 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 but I'm going to show you in a second how your passion is linked to your gift. Your passion is linked to your gift. What are you passionate about? Oh, let me, let me, let me, I, I got I to keep rolling. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Y'all got to help me preach this morning. Okay, now, now look at uh, Jeremiah 1. Go to Jeremiah real quick. Okay. See, y'all had me giving that long introduction. I can't even hardly get through my sermon. But, but this is going to be good. Are y'all still with me? Amen. Now, Jeremiah the prophet, I named my son Jeremiah, the one that's on the front row. I named him Jeremiah. God was his daddy, and I I said, son, you're going you're gonna to be a prophet. That's what I said when I told my wife. I said, you're going to be a prophet. He just needs to appropriate. He just needs to develop it. Amen? Amen? I just said that. So that, y'all can just take it and leave it. That's just me, God, conversation. So, you know, let's get back to you now. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. Look at this. This is an incredible verse. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I mean, stop right there. <laughs> oh, God, stop right there. God said to Jeremiah, he says, Jeremiah, before I even materialized you in your mother's womb, I already knew you. Amen. How many know that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and Romans chapter 8 that we are predestined? Now, to understand that, that means predestined means you, it has been predetermined who you are. God has already figured you out, and God has already wired you a particular way. Now, watch this. Look at this. He says, now, before I knew you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, I want you to put your name there. I want you to think, put that in the first person. This is God talking to you this morning. Before you was before you were born, I sanctified you. In other words, God said, I set you apart for this. How many know when you set something apart, you set it aside for a particular reason? Amen. How many of you cooks out there, when you have dessert, you, you don't just put the dessert out front. What we do with dessert? Come on, y'all cooks. We take the desserts and we put it over to the what? Because it, it's waiting for a particular time. The dessert ain't supposed to come out until it's ready. Come on, somebody. So what you do, you set it aside. You sanctify the dessert. And some of you got some, some good cooking. I take, Sister got some good brownies back there. I just want to put in a plug. That's free. Sister Crystal Corbin, that's her name. We're over there. Okay. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, if I'm, if I'm Jeremiah, I might have been thinking, Lord, do you think you might ever might, like, wanted to check with me and ask me if that's something I really wanted to do? God didn't ask no question, did he? God, he didn't say, hey, Jeremiah, uh, I, I'm thinking about making you a prophet. What do you think? <laughs> uh, how many know that 
How many God does? How many know God does what He wants to do? And when you understand that, your life will be so much better. Let me know that Jeremiah, had he not, had he decided that I ain't going to be a prophet, uh, I'm going to be a computer programmer, the boy would have been miserable. Because that wasn't what God designed him to be. He said, Isaiah, I'm he said, Jeremiah, I'm calling you to be a prophet to the nations. And, and we, we didn't have a counsel about it. I'm not asking you no question. This is who you are. Understand that God has a purpose for you. God called you before the foundation of the earth. You didn't just show up. Again, I want to say this again, just in case you didn't get it the first time. I know sometimes some of your parents might say you were an accident. No, you are not. You are here today because God brought you here. All the problems, all the troubles you went through, God is still God. He saw all that, and you're still here today. And he brought you here to this profound moment to let you know that you're on assignment. Y'all still with me? Amen. Yeah, but watch, look at verse number six. Jeremiah, look at Jeremiah said. He says, then said I, oh, Lord God, <laughs> behold, I cannot speak, for I'm about to use. How many know he was a little scared? <laughs> I wonder how many times fear gets in the way of what God want to do. How many of you are walking, I wonder, you let fear stop you from grabbing hold of what God has put in your life? You won't be miserable until you get over it. Get over your fears. Because if God calls you, here's another nugget for you. Whatever God calls you, he anoints you and equips you for that task. Amen. So you can relax. So if God said, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, then you must understand he's giving you everything you need. Everything. Everybody say everything. everything. He's giving you everything. Now keep going. He said, now, Verse number seven, but the Lord said to me, now, now watch this, here's the Lord talking. Do not say I'm a youth. God said, wait a minute, don't say that. I already know who you are. You don't know who you are. Amen. How many of you have ever seen The Lion King? Amen. There's one part of the, of the movie where, I don't know, uh, Mufasa, uh, uh, I don't know, was it Rafiki? Uh, somebody got to help me. But, 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 but anyway, there's a part in there where Simba didn't know who he was. And the little, the little Rafiki guy come and say, do you know who you are? <laughs> Y'all can go watch the movie now. You can watch the movie. Go get Lion King. <laughs> you don't know who you are. He smacked him. You don't know who you are. How, how, <laughs> how many of God's people don't know who they are? Not because God hadn't really revealed it. It's because we're not looking and we haven't appropriated the fact that we are supposed to be connected with God. You see, when people, the world is in shambles today because they've been disconnected from God. And so when you're disconnected from God, you go about life your own way, doing your own thing, and you make it the best way you can. And so, so what we need to do is we need to come back. Everybody say come back. We need to come back to God. He said, God, what do you want me to be? I know, God, I want to make a lot of money. I know from my birth I've wanted to be a million. But, God, what do you want me to, what job do you want me to have? Amen. And if God wired you to be a millionaire, you'll have a million dollars. Watch this. Y'all see it with me? Amen. Now, he said, now, do not be afraid. Look at verse number eight. Do not be afraid of their faces. See? <laughs> For I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Lord, so whatever they say, there's going to be some people that's going to criticize you. How many know you can't make everybody happy? Amen. And there will be, be people that God called you to do certain things. There will be people that will be jealous over you. And there will be people that will look at you like, who do you think you are? You just look back at them and say, I'm going to child of God. Who are you? <laughs> Amen. Then the Lord, look at verse number nine. Then the Lord put his, forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me. Now, I want you to understand what it was Jeremiah called to do. This is deep. Behold, I put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah, boy, you need to understand, boy. I, I called you, boy, and I put my words in your mouth. And at one point, if you keep reading the whole book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah got mad because he got frustrated. He said, I ain't going to preach no more. I'm not going to preach because the people won't listen. Then the Bible said that it was like fire shut up in his bones. He had to do what God put inside of him. You will never be happy until you do what God wants you to do, until you find your fit, until you find your, your reason, the reason you were created. Watch this. He says, see, I have set this day, uh, I set you over the nation, over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down. 
to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. How many know it, it takes a certain person to be able to do all that? How I many Jeremiah had to be bold, number one, right? He couldn't be a timid person. He had to be a bold. He had to be bold. He had to be confrontational. He had to be able to say things to people and not really worry about what people say or think about him. And if you go read Jeremiah, boy, Jeremiah was, was tell, calling people out left and right. All of a sudden, you see Jeremiah, once he appropriated why God had put him on the planet, boy, he went for it. And let me tell you, Jeremiah upset some people. But you know what? He didn't care because God was with him. Because there was a sense in his soul, I'm doing what God wants me to do, and I'm happy about it. How many know that you want to come to a place in life that when you know that you're doing what God wants you to do, you don't worry about what everybody else say. You don't care about what they say about you. You don't care if they talk about you. Why? Because God has called me for this. I'm wired for this. Why did God call the Apostle Paul to do what the Apostle Paul did? Apostle Paul was wired. Most of us say, well, God, God could have used somebody else who weren't persecuting the church. But I know God said, no, I'm going to use Paul. Amen. Why? Because Paul was an administrator. Why? Because Paul could endure hardship. There are some people that's been anointed. I'm going to go deep. Y'all ready to go deep? There's some people that's been anointed to deal with some tough stuff. That's why the apostle Paul was sitting in jail, locked up. You know, most of the New Testament that we believe that he wrote a third of, of the New Testament epistles, the apostle Paul was locked up a lot of those times right into you saying rejoice. How are you going to rejoice when you're in jail? Come on, somebody. How are you going to rejoice when you know you ain't? Listen, if y'all got locked up a day and you know you get it for a crime you did not commit, you'd be upset, wouldn't you? Paul, was, Paul wrote letters, rejoice in jail. In fact, there was one point when he was in jail, he started having a praise service in jail. Why did God call the apostle Paul? Because Paul was made for it. You look at Abraham. Y'all staying with me? You look at Abraham. Most of us look at Abraham when Abraham, when God said, Abraham, the son that I promise you, I want you to take that boy, Abraham, and I want you to go and offer him as a sacrifice to me. The Bible said that Abraham, like a fool, went right up there to do it, and the angel had to stop him. And we say, well, what was wrong with Abraham? Abraham was made, and he's called the father of our faith. Why? Because God wired him. God made him. God fashioned him to have crazy faith Amen. that make everybody else go, wow, what was that? You see? So God has already purposed you. And, and, and here's what's happening to some of you right now. You're beginning to think, you, I can see it on your head. If, if, if your head could, could, could talk back to me, boy, I'm telling you, I can see it. You're thinking right now, man, some of you are like, I'm not sure I'm, I'm doing what I'm I, I know all that. That's okay. Oh, but I think, Pastor, I just think I'm in a job. I, I, you know, that's okay. God will give you grace. You're going to make it. Somebody say, oh, you're going to make it. You're going to make it through this, amen? And you're going to be all the better for it. Now watch this. Y'all still with me? Amen. Now look at, look at, um, look at the, oh gosh, oh gosh. How I want to do this. Hallelujah, call for, I got so much here and I'm trying to pick and choose what to give to you, amen? amen. <laughs> See, so, so here was, here's what we, look at, um, look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Talking about, talking about your gift. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. <laughs> I tell you what, no, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Philippians 3.12. <laughs> I'm sorry. Philippians 3.12. Sister Dive, you got that verse? Philippians 3.12. I think I gave that to you. You have it? All right. Philippians 3.12. Paul, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the guy we were just talking, talking about. Now watch this. Paul says, now, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Okay? He says, now, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also has laid hold of me. You see what the Apostle Paul was saying there? Paul was saying, look, God has called me to do something particular. And Paul was a, 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 an apostle to the Gentiles. And what Paul understood, what Paul said, look, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to apprehend or trying to accomplish the thing that God called me to do. Paul said in one place, woe be unto me if I don't preach the gospel. He said, look, whether y'all treat me right or not, I got to do this 
because the Holy Spirit has told me, and, and, and I know I'm gifted for this, I'm wired for this. Do y'all remember some of the stuff he went through, Apostle Paul? Shipwrecked, beaten, uh, abused, uh, mistreated, all of that, and he still kept going. He still endured. He still, Apostle Paul, what he did is the reason why you are sitting here today, because of his ministry. Because he stepped into what he was designed to do. Now, now look at this. Now, now look at look at Second Corinthians chapter number, Second Corinthians chapter number ten. You read chapter ten, Second Corinthians chapter ten. Look at verse number twelve. For we, da- I got to keep rolling because I don't want to keep y'all too long. For we dared not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, <laughs> but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You hear that now. So look at the neighbor and say, stop trying to be like me. Don't compare yourself with me. Be yourself. See, see, God never made us to be clones. Somebody, come on, clap with me. God never made us to be clones. We don't, need to be, we, don't, we don't need to be a bunch of clones around here. You see, here's the thing. See, we all have different temperaments, gifts, and capabilities, right? Now understand this. Some people are extroverts, right? You know, extroverts, they love to talk. Watch this. Everybody, what is Sister April? Extrovert. Amen. <laughs> you follow me? See, see, people who are extrovert, they like to talk. They like to, and they love it. But people who are introverts, I mean, they'll talk, they'll be cordial, but, but you know, they want to hurry up and get by themselves. See, see, see here's, what I'm, here's what I'm trying to say. See, everybody on the team functions differently, right? You function differently. You, you, you respond differently. All of us are different. And you're different and you're like that for a reason. Some of us love to work with elderly. Some people don't. Some people love to work with children. Some, some people love computers. Some don't. Some, I mean, but, but you know what? That's the way you're wired. That's the way you're wired. Now, now I, want, I wanted to say that because I, I want us not to get stuck into this thing that, 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 that you know, I, I need to try to do it like somebody else. You can learn from me, but do it with your own personality. Amen. You see? You can learn principles from me, but do it according to your design and the capacity that God's given you. Every should be a time I can say, I used to say, Lord, I want to be, I want to be a pastor of a 30,000 member church. God says, shut up. <laughs> and one thing I know about people, and I've met leaders who are like that, and one thing I know about them is they have the capacity to do that because God has graced them for it. But if you're supposed to be, if you're supposed to be leading a hundred, uh, twelve hundred member church, how many know thirty thousand will kill you? Amen. You're not ready for it. Now I'm telling you right now, my capacity is stretching. I'm telling you, Amen. it's stretching. Y'all better get. I mean, this is God is doing something big. Amen. God is stretching me, and, and he's, and you know, if he's stretching me, I know he's stretching you. Amen. I know he's stretching you. So understand that. So, so, so go, go to Philippians chapter two, thirteen. Philippians 2.13. Y'all still with me? We're going to have the greatest shut this down. Philippians 2.13. Are y'all, still, y'all being blessed? Are you being helped? Okay. Now, I said to you, I want to show you how your passion is linked to your gift. I'm going to tell you why I say that. In part, it is because of what Jeremiah revealed to us in his writings. But if you go to Philippians chapter 2.13, uh, 2, it says this. Watch this. Now, this will, this will help you. Y'all ready to be helped? Amen. For it is God. Everybody say God. Who works in you. You hear that? It is God who works in you. See, that's a, that's a lot right there. God working in me? Yes. It is God working in you. Watch this. And what is he working to do? What is God doing? Is he doing what you want him to do? Uh-oh. It got real quiet in here. Because most of you, if you're real honest, you spent your life doing what you want to do, and now you're getting a revelation that I've been going the wrong way about this thing. I need to plug into him. Do you realize it now? He said, now, it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Right there. Now, now what does that mean? 
What that means is that the passions, the desires, my likes, my dislikes, God is working in me to will and to do what he wants. <laughs> so I am the way I am because God made me the way I am. I am the way, uh, you see, your looks, the way you look, the way you talk, the way you communicate, everything about you, God, God has designed you. God is at work in you to will and do of his good pleasure. Amen. So what am I doing here this morning? I, I understand that, you know, I understand that, wait a minute, God's been working on me. I mean, these desires and these things that I'm passionate about, you mean tell me I'm passionate about these things? This is something, how many of you, how many of you right now would say, Pastor, I'm doing something that, that, that I really hate? Be honest. Ain't that something? I just hate it. Here, let me get, I'm going to set you free. This is a life word for you. Figure out a way to channel whatever you're doing back to your design. Some of you may have to look elsewhere. But how many know God will give you grace for that? In the meantime, you be good, you be loving, you be kind, and you be a good Christian. And you watch God move you. Because now you're beginning to understand, man, wait a minute, this is what I, but this is what I really like. Because see, God links you up, he gives you a passion so that that passion begins to take you to where he wants you to go. Are y'all, am I making sense? Amen. As I said before, how many know, you gotta have a passion to work with children. Come on somebody. Amen. I know some of them, you gotta, you gotta really like that. You gotta, let me tell you, you gotta have, you, you better, you better have a, you better have a passion if you wanna be a pastor and wanna work with people, cause that's all you do is deal with people's stuff. Well, I'm called to preach, but I don't like people. <laughs> well, that hint, <laughs> that might not be a job you wanna apply for. <laughs> what are you passionate about? What drives you? What makes you get up and when you think about it, it makes your heart beat fast. How many of you remember Brother Stephen Jacobs? Amen. And I hope you listen to his message. I, I miss Brother Jacobs. But Brother Jacobs, you know, I've, I've seen and I've heard people over the years that say that. I know I'm going to use this example. Brother Jacobs, you know, I've heard people say things like, man, God's called me to do this. And God called me to do this. But Brother Jacobs was just come. He would come to Bible study. And Brother Jacobs was just, he was just in the word all the time. I mean, I would get texts on him all the time, all the time. He's asking me to. And, and he just had a passion for the word. He studied like he was a nut. I mean, sometimes I'd be at work. I'd be like, brother, let me work. <laughs> and so now he's in North Carolina. He's getting ready to go to Bible school. But let me tell you, let me tell you something. That brother, it wasn't about, well, I just want to be a, a, a pastor. I want to be a deep because I, I see pastor do it and I want to do that. No, 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 no. He just had a passion for the word. Amen. And so he loved to study. And I said to him one day, and he, he was crying on the phone. I said, brother, and he, he, he told me, he said, pastor, you just, you just hit something. He said to me, he, 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 I said, brother, if there was one thing that you could do, one thing that, that if you did this, that it, man, it, it, it'll just make you happy. He says, I, I, don't, I, I just want to teach. I just want to teach the word. So when he getting his degree in, New Testament study. Amen. And he's preparing. He didn't seek the position. He followed his passion. Uh, am I making sense to anybody in here? His passion was the word. So because his passion was the word. See, if you don't like the study, if you don't like the, how I many know that's not the job for you? No matter how glamorous you might think it look. It's not, it's not the job. What are you passionate about is what I'm asking you this morning. Because you'll find that there is where your gift lies. How I many of you are sifting, uh, sensing a shift right now in the way you look at things? What are you passionate about? What drives you? Because it's God who's working in you to will and do. If his good pleasure, God is doing that in you. So just accept it and say, okay, God, I, I know I'm supposed to do this. Now, God, I'm going to start turning myself and start going in the direction you want me to go. I'm seeking, God, my gift, and I'm seeking a place where I can express my, 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 new, new, uh, my, my unique design. I'm seeking it. Amen? Now watch this. Ah, oh, gosh. 
How many know that once you link your gift to your passion, you'll be a, you, you're going to be powerful? Some of you right now, you ain't beginning to live yet until you figure out your gifting and you begin to flow in your design. You'll, you'll live then. Can, can, can I get... Um, I, can I get five minutes? Because I'm, I'm already over. And, and I, so y'all look like y'all bored with this. So I just, you know, okay, good. I was good. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12. This is our foundational text, and we're going to go. Now, I want you to look at a few verses, because some of you got to do some studying, and you're going to have to do some analyzing. You're going to have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest. Some of you have to be honest and say, uh, you know what? Um, I thought that this was it, but I, it's not me. How many know that when Jesus says, when the Son sets you free, you're free indeed? He's going to set you free. In Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, I just want to go over these very quickly because it, all it is is that these are some of the serving gifts, and I just want to talk a little bit about them. But in the interim, I want you to write down these verses. I want you to study them because you may discover your gift within this context. I don't believe these verses are meant to be exhaustive. You've heard me say that over and over again. But I do believe that they provide some context in a way that uh, we can understand how the gifts work in the body. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. Write that down. I want you to study that. It talks about the gift. Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. We're going to kind of go over that a little bit. Ephesians 4, verses 8 through 12. And then 1 Peter 4, verse 10. So I want you to look at those verses as it relates to spiritual gifts. Now I'm just going to talk about a couple of these, three of these gifts that is, that is outlined here in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. He talks about prophecy. Prophecy is the ability to discern right and wrong. Okay? Prophecy is the ability to foretell some things. It's the ability to foresee some things. Serving or the gifts of help. Who is the person that has this gift? People that have the gift to serve and help, they just love to serve. Every time you turn around, you give them something to do, they love it. And, and you know what? And they do it really, really well. It's because they're gifted. Teaching. Teaching is a person that has the ability to interpret and to clarify and to teach God's words truthfully. Amen? See, you're probably not a good teacher if people tell you they're not learning anything. That's a hint, right? Teachers, people, I mean, no, God, God got teachers in the school. My wife is a teacher. Some of you are teachers. How many know that when you're gifted, you have the ability to be able to articulate things in a way that people can catch it? Because you're a teacher. Exhortation. This is the ability to effectively, uh, to, to effectively call others to obey. Uh, people who have this gift of exhortation, they love stirring up people, stirring up other people's faith. They know how to, to get people motivated just by saying a word of encouragement. They know how to exhort someone. They're really, really good at it. Some of us, we, we're kind of looking at each other. Giving. Talks about giving there in that same uh, verse. These are people that do it sacrificially. They enjoy giving. When it's time for the offering, they don't, they don't fake it. They don't go, woo. Like some of y'all do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know I forgive. I should have said that. No, 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 I No, I should have said that. No. These are people that love to give. Amen. They absolutely love. Whenever there's a need, man, they love it. They thrive. They're like, man, I love it. They love to see a smile on somebody else's face when they give. They love it. They love to meet a need because they're gifted and giving. They every time, and, you know, and, and every time there's an opportunity, man, they're the first ones to step up. And they are happy about it because they're gifted. Or leading. A person that leads is, is the same as a person that like steers the ship. Just kind of lead. Steers the ship. The ability to administrate and organize others toward a common goal. But then it's those who are, have the gift of mercy. These are those who can quickly discern the emotional hurts of other people. These are people. We used to have a lady one time in church. She always cried with people as if she was sick. If they said that there was a problem, emotional problem or hurt, you would see her often. And my wife knew what you're talking about. She would be talking, and then she would just start crying with them. And she just felt. How I many know some of you are sensitive? And you think, well, I don't like being sensitive. You know, we make fun of people who are sensitive. Let me just say this. You're sensitive for a reason. God has made you sensitive for a reason. You touch and you feel things. You, 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 and, and look, don't run away from that. Embrace who you are. 
and say, hey, I'm sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. God just made me that way. And, and maybe it's because you just need to understand that God has wired you and he wants you to serve in this area in your life. These are just some of the gifts. And I'm, gonna, I'm closing right now. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews 10.36, after you have done the will of God, you need patience. All right. How I many you know we all need patience, right? Amen. So maybe you find yourself this morning, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I got some work to do. I, I need to figure this thing out. Hopefully I've given you something to help you this morning. And it's going to start with your passion. Hopefully. You'll understand your passion. You're going to understand what you're gifted to do. Now, some of us are going to have to be honest. But here's one thing I understand. While you're waiting to discover why God put you on this planet or what your, what your gifts and your talents are, some of you already know. You just need to go into it. You already know what you're supposed to be doing. You just need to do it, pursue it, and believe God. But in the process, God is going to refine your character. Some of us, God will not put us in place because our character is not right. How do you know that your character can undermine your gift? If you got character flaws, it'll mess up your gift. So for some of us, God just put you in the waiting room for a while. How many of you like the waiting room? <laughs> Brother, Brother Larry went like this. Nobody, I, I hate going, that's why I hate going to the emergency room. I'd rather stay home and, and cry and hurt than go sit in the waiting room. I mean, you go to, go to the emergency room, I mean, they say it's an emergency, but then they make you wait. It's like they redefine the word emergency. I thought, I said, do you hear me? I said, I was an emergency. I, my stomach hurt. Sitting and wait would be with you in about an hour. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so some of us, it's like that in the spirit. Some of us, God, 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 God will have you in the waiting room. Now, here's the thing. While you wait, don't do like I do. Don't be sitting there pouting, getting upset. Why are you making me wait? Give me my one, one now. Just figure out, just, just be patient and let God work out of you the stuff that is not right. Amen. First. Amen. Some of you are going to go through some growing pains. Because some of you got some things that you need to deal with because God knows that if you don't deal with them, they will hinder your ability to be able to flourish. And God wants you to flourish. Now, now here's, here's why I said, now I'm closing. In this church, here's what I'm saying. I want everybody to begin. First of all, your gift got to be used in the house. Why? Because God has gifted you for a spiritual purpose. So first, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10 that we are to serve first one another. And then as we understand what our gifting is, then we serve one another. Then we go out now and serve outside. We can serve in the area that God has us. So here's what I want you to do. Don't be so quick to run out of here every single I'm going to get a word. Let me hear and get out of here. Figure out if you're gifted. We need people to help in administration. We need people to help with praise and worship. We need people to help in children's area. We need people to help with media, with computers, with ushers. Uh, we need people to help with sound. Some, some of y'all right now, some of y'all know how to work some speakers. Some of y'all probably, it's probably a DJ in the house. We had one in the house for a while. and I ain't, It's probably a DJ in the house. We need your DJ and skills right over here. Here's what I'm saying. I mean, that's right, DJ for God. Here's what I'm trying to say. Start here and understand that your gift belongs to God and you're first to serve one another. Start here. Don't sit here and run out of this church as quick as you can. Don't do that no more. Say, let me, let me, let me figure out, Pastor. Let me figure out, let me, let, me, let me figure this thing out. And let me tell you, let me tell you, you'll be happy. You will be happy. And if I see you doing something you ain't good at doing, I'll be the first one to pull you aside and say, no, you, you, that's the wrong position. Come over here. <laughs> you ain't got no business over there. No. And, I mean, and that's out of love. But that's what God is doing. Our church is going to grow, and it's going to be a great church. You know why it's, a great, it's already a great church, but it's going to be a greater church. You know why? Because we're, we're going to operate in our niche. Amen. Amen. In our niche. Did that help you? Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, we thank you this morning, God, for this word. God, I, I sense that there's a shifting. God, some people are sitting here right now, Lord. And, and God, they're beginning to feel, Father God, that perhaps they have looked at their careers in the wrong way. They've looked at their jobs in the wrong way, how to make money. But God, we're coming back to you now because we understand that that God, you've gifted us and you've wired us a certain way to do a particular function. And I pray that the folks, Lord God, that need to get direction, that you would give it to them.
I pray, God, that the gifts in this church, Lord God, that, that, that Lord God, people that have gifts and talents, that they will step up to the forefront. And some of them, Lord, they, they're gifted, but they just need to work on their gift. They just need to develop it. They need to exercise it. And Lord, we'll be patient with each other as we grow into our gifts. But I pray, God, that everybody under the sound of my voice, God, who find themselves in a place where they are wondering, Father, where they're uncertain, I pray you'll bring clarity today in the name of Jesus. And if you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you say, Pastor, if I die today, I don't know where I end up. I'm not sure. I hope, I hope. But you know, I really don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or not. You know, all of this, what we do, ministry is here. This church exists for one purpose, primarily, and that is to seek and save that which was lost and to introduce Christ to people that are, who are dying. And if you don't know Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior, you are a dead man walking or a dead woman walking. And it's a shame because you don't have to die and go and spend eternity in hell. You don't have to do that because Jesus paid the price for you. He loves you. And you're here this morning, not by accident, you're here because the Holy Spirit drew you here. God is a God of purpose. He's a God of destiny. Sitting here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Gary, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm saved. And I don't want to go out of this building, Pastor, because I don't know what happened to me. Let me tell you what happened to you. If you leave out of this building and you haven't given Christ your life, then you would die and spend eternity in hell. That's a fact. And I'm going to do everything I can. Even if I got to scare you into heaven, I'll do it. It's better than the option. Nobody's talking, nobody's moving. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I, I, I want to give my life to Jesus today. This is why we're here. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I want to give my life to Jesus. Don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about what people think. This is between you and God. Is there one? Is there one? You don't know Jesus as your Savior, but today you want to start your life with him. Come on. Come on, come on and receive his love today. Come on and receive his love today. Don't let the devil stop you. Don't let the devil keep telling you that you're all right because the devil is a liar. You're going to be all right when you run to Jesus. Come on, run to Jesus. Is there one? Is there one? You want to make that decision and make him Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Baby, you're here this morning, and I want to broaden the net. Maybe there's some other issue.